Hello, everybody. Welcome to the side panel. I am your host, AJ, and I have uh, been given some unfortunate news. Apparently, my voice sucks, so I am going to have to revert to my original voice in order for it to not suck as bad. So, suck it. I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, my voice is getting pretty messed up. My throat is killing me. And so because of that, I'm just going to go ahead and speak to all of you to the smooth, dulcet tones of my voice. Now, you that are driving, your eyelids are getting heavy, and you're getting tired, and you just want to go to sleep. But you can't, because you're driving, and that would cause an accident. So, don't do that. For everybody else, and eh, well, you're stuck with me. Here we go. Well, this week, we're, we're going to be reviewing two movies that I saw. Uh, one being Blue Bayou and the other being Cop Shop. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with that, shall we? Blue Bayou! Um, Blue Bayou is a film by uh, done by Justin Chan. Written by Justin Chan, starring Justin Chan. And it is about a Korean-American immigrant living as a tattoo artist outside of New Orleans. Him and his pregnant wife, Kathy, are trying to make ends meet. And in the meantime, somehow he ends up getting in trouble with the law. And it turns out that he is an illegal immigrant um, by no choice and fault of his own. He was adopted when he was a child. And apparently the paperwork just didn't get filled out. So... Now, that's what the movie is about, dealing with all that fallout and what he's going to do from there. I went into this movie thinking like it was going to be a little bit artsy-fartsy um, and that maybe it was, uh, I don't know, I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be all that great. The main reason I saw it, though, because A, being half Korean myself, seeing that there was a Korean immigration type of movie uh, and a guy come from New Orleans and I... I you know, I'm just a little curious myself as to what was going to happen here, and I wanted to check it out. And the second one being, of course, uh, his co-star Alicia Vikander. Now, for those of you who don't know Alicia Vikander, this is shame, shame, and even more shame be brought upon your house and and your whole world. Um, but you know, you should know by now that she is um, Laura Croft from the latest Tomb Raider movie. But um, more importantly for me, uh, she's just a phenomenal and amazing actress that I just uh, fell for when I first saw her in Ex Machina um, back in 2014. Uh, since then, she's impressed me in her roles with the Danish Girl and Jason Bourne and, um, again, Tomb Raider, the Green Knight, and everything I see her in, she's just powerful like this woman is an amazing actress and because of that I thought well you know what let's go check out this movie and I thought maybe I was hoping to disprove a theory See, in movies like this when they're independent films and you get a lesser known actor writer and director who's all the same person they have a tendency to cast um, beautiful women as their co-stars and for me, I see that as a way of them going, you know, it's like picking the girl you have a crush on to play dodgeball uh, and be on your team when 
there are other highly better skilled people all around you, but you want to pick the girl you have a crush on so you can spend some time with them. And sometimes for me, when I see that in films, I see actors or, or, or directors or what have you um, that are also acting in the film, casting a beautiful woman to be their co-star. Uh, it feels like they're trying to, you know, uh, look at me, I'm sitting here with Alicia Vikander, ha ha ha, you know what I mean? Like, trying to play it off. Um, but I was wrong. Oh, man, was I wrong. This movie came out of nowhere and surprised me with just how good it was. It was a really good movie. <clears throat> it dives deep not only into the, the immigration problems, but just how how raw and emotional a lot of the things that this character is going through, uh, trying to be a father for his, his stepdaughter and trying to be a father for the unborn child that he's having with his wife, played by Alicia Vikander, and, and then trying to also avoid, you know, staying on this side of the law because he's already been in trouble with the law and trying to do all that and be a good person all at the same time. And I, I was pulled in by not only the the performance of of the the actor, but also the way Alicia Vikander and him played off of each other. They, her acting, he obviously brought her in for the acting because he wanted to to I don't know uh, um, test himself against her acting chops, and in doing so, probably raised his game because he did a great job in the movie, not only writing, directing, but starring in it against her. Um, and because of that, I was highly impressed with the way that this movie turned out. And it was a little bit more Korean than I thought it would be, which is great because I'm always down for more Korean because, you know, that's who I am. But I wasn't expecting it to be. I thought it would be uh, more superficial than it was, and it wasn't. There are some deep, underlighted, underlying uh hardcore emotions and feelings that this man is having and trying to deal with while going through recovering everything and just trying to keep his head afloat and because of that the movie itself came off really 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 great unfortunately it fails the last five minutes of the film was just he he couldn't decide on an ending so he scooby-doo himself into a corner and that is what's going to bring down any type of uh, award or any type of um, um, seriousness that comes from this film uh, because he just keeps going, oh, happy ending, sad ending, happy ending, sad ending, and all in the span of like five minutes. And it just, it, it felt like he was just undecided on how he wanted to end this movie, which is sad because had he nailed the ending, it would have been just a perfect movie, in my, my humble opinion. I love these kind of films when they come out of nowhere. You know, it's not action-packed. It's not... It's not crazy. It's just visual effects. It's none of that stuff. It's just a good story. And it's a good, solid story with good foundations and good roots. And I really enjoyed it for that reason, even if the ending killed it. So if you get a chance, check it out. Blue Bayou. It's out on theaters now. I'm sure it'll be straight to video at some point uh, fairly soon um, due to, you know, the coronavirus and all that stuff going on. Go check it out. It'll surprise you. Please let me know any of these films that I review or recommend. If I'd really love to hear your opinions on them and what you thought about them. Whether we agree upon it, about the, the, the opinions or not, 
that's fine too. I, I love a good argument. I love geeking out about films. And I love this kind of stuff. So please uh, check out the movie and then let me know what you think. Even if you don't want to call in, shoot me an email, forbiddenpanel at gmail.com. I'd love to just discuss this with anybody, any of the films that I talk about. So moving on to the second film that I saw, uh, that being Cop Shop. Now, uh, Cop Shop is a straight-up ripoff of the Assault on Precinct 13 movie that was put out by John Carpenter back in 1976 and the remake that was put out in 2005. Uh, it's about the this criminal known as uh, Frank Grillo who gets uh, arrested and a whole bunch of hitmen come after him. And the jail, you know, while he's in jail... Uh, he thinks he's safe, but he's not because everybody comes in attacks the jail and does their best to get at this guy. Um, amazing cast in that it had Ryan O'Nan and Alex Lauder and Frank Grillo and Gerard Butler uh, all playing kind of like, oh, I don't want to say you know, stereotypical hitmen, you know, and, and characters in their genre and uh I don't know. It's just it was really cool and really enjoyable to see, and and until all of a sudden it just smacks you in the face that this is assault on precinct thirteen. It, it may not be a direct um, remastering or, or re retelling, but it is a a ripoff nonetheless. Um, great over the top action, great fun, great witty one liners, uh, cool story. Just everything is really cool, and and it's all fairly superficial. Um, but still a fun watch, and I would definitely recommend it. It's not uh, Oscar-worthy. It's nowhere on par with the film I just got through reviewing, but it is still fun nonetheless, and you should check it out. And then go watch Assault on Precinct 13, because uh, John Carpenter is a master storyteller, and we all love him. So, having said all that, um, please check out ForbiddenPanel.com. Let us know uh, anything up there that interests you or you want to talk about it. If you really enjoyed any of the films, again, if you want to argue or talk or, or discuss any of these films, you have the opportunity to call in to the show and leave a voicemail for me. Uh, a one-minute voicemail. Please describe uh, what you thought of the films yourself, any, any conflicting stories or opinions. If you have a movie that you really want me to watch and you want me to discuss on air, please call in and just leave me that movie. And I will watch it, and then we will talk about it here on the show. Um, I really enjoy interacting with the fans and, and being able to geek out with a lot of people about this type of stuff. So please, ForbiddenPanel at gmail.com or call into the station, into the show, and leave a voicemail. Either way, you know, it'll be a lot more fun. Uh, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoy the, the show. Uh, Sultan Precinct 13th. Remember... George Romero, 1976. If that's too old for you, check out the remake um, done by uh, um, uh, Jean-Francois Richer, starring Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne, John Leguizamo, Maria Bello, Ja Rule, Dre D'Amato, Brian Dennehy, Aisha Hines, and Gabriel Byrne. Um, any of those you can check out after you watch Cop Shop and then compare and contrast. And uh, there you go. Thanks, guys, and we will see you on the next episode.